The information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All information contained on or related to this podcast is for general information purposes only. our if not our most avid listener yeah somebody who's given us great topics to talk about and someone who is an amazing artist absolutely ali is a puppeteer and a musician and somebody photographer yeah and somebody who suffers from ulcerative colitis and crohn's and we'll be talking to ali in just a minute yeah and the energy that ali brings is phenomenal so get ready everyone this is guts and glory This is exciting to have you here, Allie. So um, stoked. Yeah, totally One of our biggest fans. We talk to Allie online all the time. Absolutely. We get a lot Love of good the feedback podcast. about the show. <laughs> yes. And so we're thrilled that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. And that sound is the boom. That's not just <laughs> us going boom. I am flaring yeah. right now, though. Yeah, so. it's true. <laughs> Could have been me. But it was the chair. <laughs> uh, no love chair. the podcast. So happy to meet you guys. I mean, I've known Lisa for a long time. Oh and gosh. she's been so supportive, like one of those people when I'm in the pits of despair in like a very dark room and have been isolated for four days. I'll like send her one text and she'll just like bring out a laugh that I did not know I had in me or just be like, okay, hey, bud, don't forget to do X, Y, Z. So she's been one of those people that I've been so grateful to have for so long because, you know, you can talk to a friend and they can put their hand on your shoulder and go, yeah. damn, bud, like, so are you going through this? Or it's like, so it's like to have a community is fantastic. And that's why I'm so grateful that you're making this because it's, I have loved it. I've learned so much and I've shared it with other people oh, who are going that. through yes, things you. that and I have to say you might, what you were saying about Lisa is something I have to say from Lisa as well. Like she's the best. She knows I'm going through a hard time right now and I've had some appointments and you know, some mm. looming diagnoses in the background. And yeah. she, I always get the, Hey buddy, how are you doing today? How's your energy today? Yeah. And giving me tips about things that I could be trying. And it's, it's just, it's nice. She's and and I just have nice. to speak about myself too. I have always been there for me. Anyway, yeah. more on me. As no, we there's something very. Um, yeah, you're a very calming person. Thank you. And uh, you're always you're always there. And like, she's one of those people that you know I don't see very often at all, but I know she's always there. Yeah. Always, always. Well, so and let's talk about fantastic. that when we first uh, when we first. I was met, just gonna say, did yes. you guys meet because you both had IBD? No, we met. How did we? I meet? think we sort of Second were in City? the same community, like performance community, okay. and through and through Second City. Probably. I remember really getting to know you in um, the mid '90s yeah. and knowing you almost before you had your diagnosis like yeah we had the same oh. sort of community of friends but you were diagnosed I was already diagnosed. of course I'm a child as a child and and mm. I I had uh I was dealing with some flare-ups then like Ali has known me through some of oh so you flares. you had yeah. shared with Ali you had IBD yes yes, yes. Oh, okay but then uh I remember being at Second City and I remember you getting your diagnosis yeah or shortly thereafter realizing yeah. that you had IBD yeah and 
almost feeling like, oh my God, I gave IBD to my friend. Oh. You know, just like, we hung out enough that I talked IBD <laughs> to her. And now like, Allie has it. it. I've got it now. <gasps> Why? Yeah, so. It's in the water. So I remember you before uh, your diagnosis, mm. but to be honest, when I think about it, mm -hmm. I wonder if you were sort of struggling with symptoms then For and you didn't know what years. they were. Yeah. Okay, so tell us. Tell us oh about before yeah. your diagnosis, what was your life like? When did you start noticing symptoms? What were your symptoms? I think a lot of the symptoms that I was having I thought were like not normal, but just like, oh, I just have a tummy ache. Or so like normal for you, really. Normal for me. Mm -hmm. And also my dad... I'm very sure has IBS and having lived in the same house with him for a very long time. Yeah. Um, so I, feel I was same just about like, mine, my and, dad. yeah, and I look exactly like my father. Like we have, we're just twins. And I was just <laughs> like, well, we also go to the bathroom the same way, you know. Um, and then, uh, so out my like throughout, I guess my teens, I was having. I remember a lot of urgency, a lot of pain, a lot of trapped gas, a was lot it pain of. Just when you were eating, or all the t like, just random times. Uh, looking back, it was probably uh, I think stress related, but uh, mm. the way I was eating, I think too, I think I was also stress eating, and I was kind yeah. of eating whatever I wanted. Um, typical teen. Typical yeah. teen. Typical teen. Um, and as I got older, the urgencies got a lot worse. The pain got a lot worse uh, to the point of I remember just being like. I couldn't move just because the gas was so trapped. Um, and then, uh, I guess late teens, early twenties, I started having like, I started having crazy urgencies and accidents in, in public, like did you in have HMV. Any, and did you have any blood or mucus? Once in a while I did. And I think I remember talking to parents about it or maybe a doctor every once in a while. And it was just like, Oh, you just need to drink more water. Or just, you know, the, the rectum is just a little ripped or whatever. Right. right. Um, and it just progressively got worse. And at the time too, I mean, like so this one, was years for you, a billion years. Yeah. I think it probably started to become very active. Um, maybe 17, like after 17, 16, it got really that's, bad. That's a stressful time. Yeah. That's like peak stress oh years, right? You know, when I look back, I look at all the things going on during that time, right? So I'm like pretending to be straight. Uh, my sister was not that nice to me and I was really stressed out. I was like still living at home. I didn't want to be at university. Like I was dealing with a lot of emotional. You're dealing with other teenagers and social issues. This Being everything. a teacher and seeing. For sure. Plus like, you know. Easy. No, and learning later on in life that I have have uh, colon cancer in the family and Crohn's disease in the family. And that wasn't stuff that was disclosed to me at all for As a very a long time. Oh, no way. So that's stuff that I learned later on in life too. And I have a cousin uh, who's pretty close actually that <clears throat> has been struggling it his whole life. I had no idea. No. So yeah. Was, was that something that those people were open about? No, amongst, nobody so they talked were, about it. So they weren't they sharing with talk. anyone no, that and they... And so I didn't, you know? And at that age, I mean, now, like in my 40s, I'll talk about whatever, you know? And I want anytime. people to... Anytime. <laughs> and I want them to... I mean, you know, I'm grateful when people share their stories with me. But at that time, like, the worst thing you can do is... Like, the scariest thing is to be vulnerable, Right? Absolutely. In, in every way at that age. So it was, I, of course, I didn't talk about a thing. I just kind of was rolling with it. Um, so when did you first, 
like go to the doctor then? Like when was this? It was this mid twenties, I think. I went. I was starting to really, really suffer, and the blood was like kind of just more often than not. And that was the big one. Then. Yeah. And my first, I went to for a colonoscopy, and my first diagnosis was actually proctitis. That was the first oh, thing. Ulcerative proctitis. Ulcerative. You got ulcerative proctitis. The lower end is a little bit yeah. inflamed. It'll go away. Yeah. Smoke and mirrors. Um. You yeah. know. And my mom, who's so lovely, and there's a big hippie side to her. She took me to a homeopath right away, right? And we ended up spending a gazillion million dollars on L-glutamine and just like a million things. You um, recommended L-glutamine to me. It and works. You recommended it does it to work. me. It and I recommended work. it to her. Yeah. <laughs> it does work. Um, but I just remember us being like lost and desperate and yeah. like reaching and, and confused. Advice yeah, man. Um, and also, yeah, just like my brain just exploded. Mm -hmm. Like I just didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, and I think actually that brought on more stress because I was trying really hard to figure it out. Yeah. And you know, like... And then when things start to fail, it's more stressful. For sure. So when you were diagnosed with ulcerative proctitis, yes. and that was the first thing that came to me as well, ulcerative proctitis, ulcerative mm. colitis, Crohn's now have both, you know, indeterminate. Hey, me too. Right? Yeah. Bonus. <laughs> so, I feel so alone with my sad little Crohn's diagnosis. <laughs> oh, yeah. did, they, oh. did they give you enemas or suppositories yes. for so the ulcerative proctitis? Yes, I did the salifolk enemas. Right. I was on... Uh, Those are oily. Yeah. They work. Mm. They I do, find, but, but they're oily. They are. And I find, like, just do them right before sleep like yes, you absolutely. have to do it right before bed you're not bed. taking them when you go somewhere no because you will fart oil you will fart oil <laughs> nice i'm serious but it, it really does calm you down but it's a super band-aid right and it i was is. taking so i was taking the as call uh pills those are little red guys yeah, yeah. um geez and so that you know it got worse and then it was just like you have colitis right and then it was you have ulcerative colitis and then it was you have crohn's disease and this is over a span of 10 to 15 years now did you know that this was chronic i didn't know what the hell was going on you man. just thought this is a crazy science where i was like pills. i don't know what's going on you want me to take pills that's fine you know <clears throat> and you know when you first get diagnosed you i wasn't i wasn't empowered enough to kind of self you know take care of myself so I was like reaching to doctors for help yeah. advice uh anything really and Absolutely. you know the western guys they were amazing for diagnosis and they were amazing for giving me meds but they were like they looked at me in the eye and they were like yeah diet has nothing to do with it eat whatever the hell uh -huh. you want and I yep. was just like okay right and so it took me years later to just take them all with a grain of salt and, and because I was angry at them for years because I was like, dude, you're not helping me. Like, it wasn't a holistic approach to your Not health. at all. And so it was, you know, my anger around that was kind of cool, like, to be addressed because I was like, okay, build your team, buddy. Yeah. You go for acupuncture for this. You Absolutely. find your Eastern guys for this. The Western guys are wicked when you're away and you quickly need uh, a quick pen, sex med whatever so you can get through a gig for three days. Like, you know, and it's just like, okay, thank you very much. You know, peace out. And so I kind of just kind of using everybody for what their talents and skills are. People, yeah. people tend to choose Eastern medicine or Western medicine. Yeah. And never we the can two shall meet. Both. But both of them yes. have their own yes. amazing benefits and that you should not exclude one for the other. Well, you know, it was... Uh, I think that, in my opinion. Totes. Yeah. No, you're right. And I learned a kind of a hard lesson around that because when I had first been diagnosed, I was like in full on hippie alley vibes. And I was like, I'm not <laughs> doing meds. I'm not doing... I was like, you know, very adamant that I was going to heal myself. 
and I was going to figure this out. And so I really needed at the time, I should have probably gone on the Western meds. Um, and so I tried just the Eastern approach for a long time. And it just, you know, was not cutting it. I've done yeah. both the same, and it's it's important that you said there were time. There's times when you need the Western meds. Yeah, yeah. That, like nothing well, works as quick. No, as the chemical. And, and unfortunately, like, yeah. and sometimes when we are when a Crohn's or ulcerative colitis patient is in that like the depths of a flare. You just need the bleeding to stop. Yeah, absolutely. You just need this, the pain Because this to is ease. leading to other complications. Yeah. This bleeding is leading to, you know, I was borderline needing a transfusion. Oh, I had blood. lost so much blood. Oh, you know, blood. I was in ICU. Mm. And I, I did the, the Eastern medicine stuff for 18 months. Yeah. But I, my disease was already managed at that time. Yes. Like I was managing my disease. Yes. So I don't know if the Eastern medicine helped me maintain. Right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But, <laughs> It what didn't hurt me in any way. Yeah. Eventually, at the end of the 18 months, did I flare? Yes. Did I flare because of Eastern me methods? No. Yeah. I flared because I have Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, Tots. and we flare. Yes. You know, you know it was a, a one really amazing piece of advice I got years ago from a friend who deals with a lot of illness. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to go on the meds again. And da -da -da, I was really ill. And she goes, you know, Allie, sometimes, bud, all that's important is sometimes all that's really important is just feeling better. Absolutely. And and it really rang true to me in a different way, in a holistic way, because it was like, okay, let's do like science of a circle here. So you make the choice to feel better fast, your body calms down. And Everything then you work chills. On managing. Yeah. yeah, and then that energy that you get from calming down starts a healing cycle. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes that quick fix is actually what you need to get out of crisis to be able to even focus and go, okay, how can I take care of myself here? Yeah, there's <laughs> one know? thing we know for sure, while we can't say, you know, that stress is a factor uh, definitively. It doesn't cause it, but it definitely. But the, but the crisis brain that you just described mm -hmm. is definitely not a part of your healing. You know, like totally. crisis brain will never allow you to get to a place where you can start healing because you're just in crisis. It's a physiological reaction you have to crisis, right? It's mm -hmm. emotional, but it's also physical. Yeah. And so if your body is exerting all that energy and being stressed out or being even just afraid, the, even you know? just being you know, like when, I, when I've been hospitalized and because I'm in so much pain, my body is so tense. Like, yeah, exactly. I my fingernails, I had cut into the palms of my hands. Oh, bud. Like the nurse would come in and cut my fingernails so I could stop cutting my hands because mm -hmm. I was so clenched. Mm -hmm. I lost a tooth because I was, I Grinding clenched down, teeth. cracked a molar. Like this, these, and it was, mm -hmm. it was the steroids. It was the morphine. It was everything yeah. that they needed to give me so that I could just relax so that I could physically allow my body to flop. And you know this, you know this, when you're in a crisis state, it's, it's also, it's just scientific and it happens on its own. When you're in crisis, when you're super dupes tense, when you're really, really ill, you're just, you're, you tense up and your perspective goes yeah. Yeah. and it, and it's tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. And it's not until you, feel a little bit better where you can start feeling it open and in that mm -hmm. opening is all the choices the like you know it's it, you become it, a lot more open I feel and humbled yeah. at your approaches yes I became a lot more open and a lot more accepting mm -hmm. of everybody who had tried different things who in my mind might have been bogus but Totes. I was like 
well, where's the harm in it? Yeah. I had already been in this crisis yes. state so many times. Yes. There's, there's nothing wrong with trying. Yeah. Which is an Eastern approach. Like if 12 people have a bladder infection, Eastern approach is that each uh, person is, is, yeah, because it's coming from a different place, place in each. So I have a friend who recently got a bag. Mm -hmm. Well, a year, I guess. So it was really, oh man. And luckily she lives really close. Permanent ostomy? You know, she's holding on to it for a while just because her quality of life has just... Sparked. She's just, the difference in watching her, like uh, how she was before, I, I just, I'm like, I kind of don't want her to get rid yeah. of it so yeah. fast. Like she's just, it's bringing, she's like experiencing joy for long periods of time and her friendships and... And that's really the truth about ostomy. Like I know it's a, I, I, it's gotta, I don't have an ostomy. Yes. Um, as of now. Um, it's gotta be a shock to the system. This is a life changing. This is a life altering procedure. Mm -hmm. Totally. That you need to have. Mm -hmm. But the, the joy, as you said, and, yes. and the health that has come from the people that I know who have had the surgery, mm -hmm. it is just... It's amazing. Well, you know, it's funny that people always say, well, at least you've got your health. You have no idea how profound that is until you've no, you lost don't. your health. Until you and lose then it. you realize I, you it's know, really everything. One of the emotions that I hadn't really experienced very often was the emotion of, of uh, jealousy. And after I would be really, really sick or in the middle of being sick, I'd like go, you know, it would be a big deal. I'd say to my partner, I'm going to go down to the corner and get myself a... This like it was like this big exciting event that I could walk to the store and go out into the world and go get something and then come home. What regardless of what it is, I'm just gonna go get some toilet paper. Whatever. I'm gonna be back. Be it, be it, feel like you're <laughs> yeah. a human out in the world Absolutely. and go do stuff. And I would see people on the street and I would just be like, man, you don't know how good you feel. Oh yeah. Like you're just, you don't know how too. good you feel. And you're smoking. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, these, these thoughts would just be like, Allie, Allie, chill. Don't be so judgmental. Like, and you're smoking? Do you know what you got? Yeah, I Do know. Do you have any idea what you got? I was, I'm the yeah. same way you know, with, like, I'm the same anyway. way with, with eating. Yeah, dude. Because I've been hospitalized a lot, actually. I'm sorry, I, I get to that. It's all right, man, yep. you know? Yep. I get to the point where I need to be hospitalized quite frequently mm -hmm. and there was a solid three or four years in my life where I would go maybe two months without being hospitalized and then I'd be put in the hospital. Can you just slap that out? Right? Yeah. And then two I'd, months is a good go. And then I'd be in the hospital again and then I'd be out the hospital. Yep. And it'd be a two month stretch and then I'd yep. be in the hospital. Or I'd be going into the hospital Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, checking myself out, yep. doctors yelling at me so I could go to work on mm -hmm. Monday with my IV. Work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, go to the hospital Friday night, get admitted again, go through the whole part. This is what I was doing. Yep. And it was the eating for me. And I remember, mm. you know, talking pre before about a cracker. So exciting. Just the nurse, the doctor saying to me, <laughs> yes. I can eat. And I remember it was like 1.30 in the morning and the doctor had come in and told me, I don't know why he came in so late. It was very strange. They don't ever come that late. Telling me that I was allowed to, because at this point, <laughs> I was not allowed to eat or drink by mouth. So him coming in and telling mm. me I can move into, I had moved into a liquid diet like the week, the day before. And then he said I could try very soft, plain foods. Mm. And I was like, what does that mean? What is this? Is this a potato? Like, <laughs> is this jello? Yeah. What am I? And I said, what about crackers? Mm. And he had said yes. He had left. The nurse comes in mm. and I was just like, 
can you please get me a cracker? I yeah. would like to have a cracker. Yes. And she brings in the cracker, bless her heart. She brings it in on a tray. I don't know where she got the tray. It was just a tray with a premium plus package right in the yeah, center. Dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. And a napkin, just in case I made a mess. <laughs> yeah. She brings it in and she gives it to me. And I open the package and I licked it first. And just oh. the salt was like, <gasps> like, mm. it was like, I don't smoke. But if I did, I feel like this is what a cigarette feels like after like going for 10 <laughs> yeah. hours with that one. Yeah. I just licked the cracker and then I put it down and waited to have to go to the bathroom or something. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. This was two weeks on mm. IV and I had lost 30 pounds. Oh, like I was quite ill, bruising, yep. like doing physio to learn yep. how to move again. Lick it, I put it down, nothing happens. I'm like, okay. And I ate, I ate half of one cracker and I chewed and chewed. I chewed until it was paste. Like, yeah. Paper mache in my mouth <laughs> before I swallowed because he said soft, so I needed to make sure yeah. that this was mushy. Well, and also, before do you know, like, uh, sorry, this, no. I want you to continue. Um, the reason why chewing, I know this sounds so strange, but you everybody. Get the taste. Well, not only that, the reason why chewing your food well is so super duper important, and everyone, easier. is because in your spit, are digestive enzymes that help break down food. Yeah. So the less of those enzymes that you have in your food, the more work your tongue is doing to break that shiz down. And plus, chewing your food makes it easier for your food to pass through your body exactly. anyways. Exactly. So I ate this half cracker. I called my mom, woke her up. She's freaking out because she thinks something's wrong. Yes. I'm being wheeled to the OR. Something's going on. Why <laughs> oh are you my calling God. me at 1.30 in the morning? Chantal. Right? Oh. Who's dead? Because the phone rings at 1.30 <laughs> in the morning. It was a cracker. Dead, yeah. You know? And I just needed to tell her that I ate half of a cracker and that I was so excited and I just needed her to know. And I feel like she didn't even really listen to me. Like she blew past what I said and was like, we can come right now and waking your father up. And I'm like, ma, I'm just calling to tell you that I ate a half of a cracker. <laughs> isn't it, isn't it wild? Shared. Yeah. And this was beyond, you mentioned jealousy. This was beyond jealousy. This was like envious. Yes. Like I would, I was in a room with another woman who had a hip transplant. Old, normally, IBD patients get put on the wards where it's a lot of surgeries. Older people who've had mm. surgeries because there's no risk of us catching infection yep. on those floors. Yep. So I'm always hip transplants, knee transplants, that kind. Of, there was a woman beside me, hip transplant, and she, her family's bringing her McDonald's. You know all this yeah. stuff. Oh, the fumes God. are just. Yeah, I've never wanted a chicken nugget before in my I life. I remember that I from being a kid. I remember being in the hospital on a restricted diet in uh, Oshawa, where I first went into the hospital before sick kids, and seeing families bring normal food to other kids and just being like, "Why am I not like, normal?" I, I swear, in my in my oblivion of drugs and pain meds and just not being me, like I swear, I envisioned like reaching over and strangling this woman while she was eating Like, this oh is beyond I will fight like, you for McDonald's like, right I now. I was hands down like, you bitch. Like, you, know, like, you guys have touched just... on this before, and it's such a, uh, a weird, like, uh, eccentric stoner thought that I've had a million times when I've been really <laughs> ill. No, really, is that, and I mean, I love aging. I don't know about you guys. Because uh, I just feel like I'm better with my thoughts, uh, like, and I'm or just more accepting of whatever yeah. it comes through my brain. Um, but that's like, even though that's like super dupes, so sad and hell that you were just like a cracker, like yeah. this whole story about your cracker. At the same time, too, 
isn't like you guys talked about the gifts too of the disease how there's like and yeah. it's like can make you grateful so like when grateful. i went for that walk to go get whatever i got the toilet paper i was just like it is the most gorgeous day look how beautiful it is out here and it could have been raining totally been and sleek. i walked so slow you know <laughs> and it, you know and so those are the kind of like gifts that i have recognized yeah. more throughout yeah, my journey sure. and, and like trust me i have my days where i'm like I remember really? being There's hospitalized. No yeah, I remember being but... hospitalized for three weeks and coming home and actually being excited yeah. to do the laundry. Right? I know what you mean. Like, <laughs> or even to yeah. sleep in your own bed. Oh, the own bed. Your own bed. I meant to it tell so you this uh, after just listening to you speak so much. Um, I was. I uh, thought I was in remission for about mm. two years. Right. And I decided to, of course, it's just so funny how stuff works. It was, uh, you know, in last this last summer, I was like, oh, my God, I went to the thing. They did a scope. He gave me a high five. It was just like, buddy, looks great. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm in remission. Like and so I actually put it on social media. I was like, I don't normally like share, but I'm really happy, feeling you know, better. feeling better. And this is what's going on. And then three weeks later, had probably one of the worst attacks I've ever had and was in a hospital stays for about two to three months. And uh, during the, one of the million things that I, oh God, it's just, I'm so excited to, to meet you. <laughs> it's just like, there's so many topics, you know, but hospital stays in general. I once read a book of, of, of a Crohn's patient who just gave some weird dumb tips about like how to survive in there better when you're in for a long time. And it was just like little things like, but you cannot be admitted without headphones. If you don't have headphones, if I don't have my computer, you're going to go crazy. Headphones, yeah. yeah. You know, like little things mind. like that or earplugs, you know. Um, anyway, so my point is, is when I was admitted this past September, uh, I had to do a prep mm. and like the that. bathroom oh. in my room wasn't working. The toilet was broken. <laughs> And they, and they couldn't have cared less. And so it was hilarious. <laughs> guys, so I was like, and guys, I was drinking the peg light. Oh. Like, that, that comes fast. Dude, you so be, every time you I had just to just drink it while you're on the toilet. Yeah. It's the best Whatever. Thing. They tell you a couple hours. Bullshit a couple hours. Right. No. Bullshit not a couple hours. Yeah, it's yeah. like pew. <laughs> so, so really, can you believe that they did that? And they were like, oh, yeah, we'll fix your toilet. They had a Crohn's patient cleaning out their colon with a toilet that didn't work in their room. Too bad for them, though. Oh, my Too God. Bad. I'd have been like, me, use this toilet until it's full. So I had to use, like, the visitor's bathroom. So I've been admitted to Emerge, telling them I have Crohn's disease, telling them I'm going to the bathroom, yes. I have diarrhea, I'm bleeding, all yes. of these things. And they've put me in a room where the bathroom is down the hall. There's not even a bathroom in oh my, my room. God. It's down the hall. And I have to repeat myself, like, excuse me. Because this is when you're in acute care, like an eMERGE, waiting yes. to be admitted and moved. It's like, you know, see that gentleman who's waiting for a cast? Can we just switch rooms? And yeah. I, I even said, like, you don't have to clean the bed. It Whatever, doesn't matter. Man, Let I'll me just, just go in. to that room yeah. that's across the hall from the yeah. toilet. Like... Because I'll be living in there. And then I just tell them, bring me in one of those little, like, the commodes. Bring it in. Yeah. The whole hospital conversation, being in there, when they know that you have Crohn's disease, like, I actually can't believe the food. Like, it's a caffeine drink. They'll bring me coffee or caffeine tea. Like, the, it was like the soft 
foods were all things for me personally that were very triggering. Yeah. Um, and then what, a, the a solid food are things I couldn't really eat either. So I guess like my questions are instead of just going, well, screw them. I'm just like, I guess I just have more questions around like, why is, is it, it like financial? Why is it like this? Like, yeah. is it a financial thing that they can't? Which it is, to be honest. Okay, is it? I don't. A lot I, of it, it's financial. A lot of it's me. ignorance as well. Yeah. Sometimes it's a slip up. Like your doctor or, right. or your nurse hasn't written on the paper, you know, yeah. and GI it should diet. be protocol when you go in. And it is sometimes, and I often will advocate for myself when we have to advocate for ourselves in institutions like hospitals. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I love hospitals. Don't get me wrong. I for love my doctors sure. and my nurses. For sure. But nothing is perfect. No, yeah. no institution is perfect. And even the healthcare. Yeah, so, and I'll specifically say, excuse me, can you please send me in a dietitian? I yes. need to speak to the diet. When the dietitian comes in, they come in with their big, long little strip of white paper yeah. with checks off what I can eat, what I can. Listen, only send me this, 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 and this. Correct. Even if I'm in here for a month, yes. this is, I want these four things every single day, yes, every dude. single meal. Yes. And it wasn't until I started doing that, or I was getting the same, I was getting these trays where I was like, what the, I, I can smell the fumes. Yeah. Thank you, I'm full. Take it away. Yes. Like, what? Uh, that's, ex that's <laughs> and then like, I mean, you know, you have people and they'll bring you chow and stuff like that, but yeah. it's just, there's such a disconnect. It is. And, and I'm I sure it's not you. just with people with mm -hmm. IBD. Oh like, no, everyone. So, I have someone, you know. I knew someone who was uh, in hospital for, uh, for cancer treatments yeah. and um, there was foods um, that they, they could just tolerate. It wasn't, mm -hmm. it just, they could tolerate it. And there were foods they couldn't. And until they advocated for themselves, they weren't getting that food. What's your top three trigger foods again? Or do you have, like, I'm, for you guys? Um, tip, seeds. Like seeds. poppy seeds, like Any obviously. Any small seeds, yeah. peace out. Anything like too crazy spicy, of course, yep. or too crazy greasy. Yes. Onions typically don't do well with me. and Both red and white? Yeah, all well, just okay. onions. And everything right mm. now for me is... Uh, uh, pineapples, a lot of the acidic citrus fruits. Um, yeah. They're not ulcers, ulcers. I get ulcers. Right. And so I know in the mouth and the head. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I have to eat a combination of things to really have a bad effect, but I did have a, a like a, a bad day a couple of weeks ago because oh. I ate, and if I eat anything that has like a stem, like, mm. um, like there will be bags of lettuce that you get that have okay. like some like with the spinach and like the mixed green one, yeah, stem yeah. as a part of it. That stem never breaks down. You in know, me. Ross, and then I had yeah. that plus mm. um, something with seeds. But seeds. lettuce is hard. Like, lettuce doesn't break down in your system raw anyway. Food, lettuce is peace out. Raw food, raw food, anything. Steam, steam stuff, steam, yeah. steam. It's got to be soft. Yeah. So I want to just take you back Please. to uh, when you I'm got so your so diagnosis. How yeah. you, you had the ulcerative proctitis. That was your diagnosis. It went from ulcerative proctitis. Then they told me I had colitis. colitis. Then they told me I had I ulcerative colitis. And then a couple of years ago, of course, during a shoot, uh, television shoot, mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, like, uh, I got to go to the hospital. <laughs> like, and I ended up going, I guess the day after, right after we wrapped and, uh, they did a scope and there, he was just like, buddy, you got Crohn's disease. So for Jeez. me, it's now, oh gosh, I haven't said that. So I'm assuming along I, that time, your medication journey has changed. It has. I've yeah. been prescribed Imuran a bunch of times. I've actually talked inquired with Lisa about this years and years ago while yeah. I was in the hospital, I remember, and she was, she was really great in terms of like listening to 
my gut around whether or not I yeah. should go for it. I ended up never doing the Imuran. Um, so I've managed, weirdly, with um, Pentassa, Azacol, um, Prednisone, which I, I've told myself now, that's it. Well, I'm Me never too. doing it again. I had such a bad experience, guys, this past September around this hospitalization for a couple of months that... And I remember there was a point where I was like at home and I was on my tummy on the floor. I was like, and I was crying and I was, and Chris, my partner came down and she was like, oh my God, what is happening? And I was just like, I just want it out of my system. Like yeah. I just need it out. And um, I must say though, it was probably my fault. Um, because I tried to taper off too quickly because I wanted yeah. it out. And yeah. that drug is dangerous. Dude, I have a do. friend recently who tried to taper off so fast that all his joints seized up and he couldn't yeah. move. And that's another thing. Like when your doctor gives you a prescription and tells you, especially drugs like prednisone and things like yes. that, when they give you a prescription and they no, tell follow you it. you're going to taper and you need to taper five milligrams every I three know. days or whatever, truly do that. It's true. It's true. Thank you for it's, saying that. It's uh it's super important, and I know what you mean. Like, certain drugs will react differently in different people. Absolutely. You know? um, and prednisone has a lot of short-term effects that you feel. You know, the moon face and the night sweats and the fevers and the jolts of energy and wanting to eat. I know. Like anything, I'm gonna chew on this drywall. You also like, can get sick. It broke me down so much that I got yeah. like a wicked chest infection yeah. and like my immune system was yeah. like super deep slow. It is slow. super important to make sure that a drug that, that that's that powerful, that mm. can make you feel better within hours, truly it can. Hours. Hours that will make you feel better. Yeah. You do need to come off of it slowly because it's a shock to the system. It's, you know, it's like withdrawal. It's I really promised my is. GP, she's amazing. She's amazed. And she was like, buddy, you cannot do that. She's And because I, I went to her and I was like weeping in her office and she was like, but you have to listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I was like, I know, but. So coming off so quickly, did that make you flare again? Did you get? Um, no. Or you just had to deal with other symptoms now? Because the, of the prednisone weeding off was so brutal this time around. Uh, but, but I, it, it. You know, they fixed me. It took it took us a couple of months for me to get out of this flare of this yeah. one. Um, but I got out of it. I got out of it. Have you had any surgeries, Allie? I have not. I, I. I have so right now what I've been told is so it's oh my gosh. Forgive me if I don't get the scientific uh, parts right. <laughs> I can point to my stomach. So it's I have it the majority of mine is in the rectum in the sigmoid and in the descending and mm -hmm. up, all halfway up from the descending and the transverse I've got a big one kind of spot and then in the ascending I have one spot. Nothing, there's no signs in your small intestines no, currently. That's not, good, nothing it, in your ileum. That's good. I uh, Hopefully. <laughs> um, for me when I start to feel like, oh, I'm, as my wife and I say, Crohn'sy, She's like, are you getting a Crohn'sy? And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting Crohn'sy. <laughs> I usually, the first part, the first, I, there's one spot that goes, hey, yo, hey, buddy, how's it going? And you're pointing to the right side. 
So for those of you, that's very important. Please, Sorry, left tell side. me. You're pointing Talk to the to left me. side. So you'll probably notice this if you've ever gone for a colonoscopy, a flexible sigmoidoscopy, or you have to take enemas or suppositories, they always ask you to lie on your left side. And the reason is, mm. is because that's how your colon goes. So if you were to take a trip through your rectum, magic school bus style, Miss Frizzle, <laughs> up you'd go, um, and you would actually travel up the left side of your body and then across your transverse colon back down. And then your small intestines are the ones that are wrapped up on the inside. So uh, where you're describing where your disease is, you know you can't see her, but she's um, pointing to the left side. Yes. And this is quite typical as well for us IBD warriors with ulcerative colitis and you having been told the same thing as myself. Okay. Crohn's ulcerative colitis. I know, eh? Depending on the day, depending on the flare. What is that? Yeah. Ulcerative colitis people Mm. carry it heavily in the large colon. Yes. And that's it's left side is very yeah and see i'm crohn's yeah. and forever, you're patchy forever right. my flare-up would be on the right, right side it was because it was right on the duodenum yeah. duodenum however you pronounce it it's yeah. the same thing you yeah. say duodenum i say duodenum. it's where you're small and your large thing, are connected <laughs> yeah where you're small and your large is connecting yeah. that's a big spot for crohn's yeah. do you know in eastern medicine they associate uh uh an emotion with every organ, right? Do you Absolutely. Know, do you know yes. what the large intestine, uh, sorry, like the, or the emotional act of uh, emotion in the large intestine is, they say that when you have, oh, look, I don't know, whatever, it's, it's the act of letting go. Oh. Letting go, you know? Oh. And like the spleen is fear and the, the heart, the that lungs are sense, sadness. Though. and yeah, because Stress is carried in the gut. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else I find interesting? I in, I find interesting that so many Crohn's and ulcerative colitis patients suffer with so much depression, Absolutely. and that so much serotonin is created in the gut, in the gut. that goes to your brain. So if you're if yes. your guys are on the fritz, it I'm adds super, to you know, man. I'm super super consumed by the brain gut connection. Yeah, it's incredible, right? Which is why sometimes feeling better is what you need. Yeah. So I just want to talk to you Sorry. about your yes. life yeah, yes. tell and us. how uh, and and how your disease like interfered or how it how it how you managed it around what you do because you're an amazing puppeteer. Oh, thanks. I mean, Allie, well, Allie is, tell us about everything. Allie you do. is a puppeteer of <laughs> of extraordinary talent. Oh, she thanks, ha- she originated Mama Yama. I know. I was. On, I, uh, I was looking at all of the links. Uh, CBC Kids. She plays me. Jay the Blue Jay <laughs> on so TVO. Uh, she, she's incredible. She's been on NBC Spark. So like, the puppeteering. <laughs> yeah. That that's. Um, this is alley of all trades. A, that's a f- real physical. <laughs> you it, guys are nice. I mean, it's a real physical. So uh, here's the thing uh, with occupation. professional puppeteers is that actually a lot of them develop. Uh, a lot of problems over time. Uh, Health, like structurally. Uh, or... uh, 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 like I recently, uh, well, about now two years ago, was having a lot of spinal, like neck problems, and oh yeah, because um, you have to be, you're hidden. Well, it's like this, right? So I mean, you guys can't see me, but so I've spent like 20 years on a box like this, right? So I have now like a, something I found out it's called spinal stenosis, which is just basically a narrowing. Uh, in your spine that it's like starts pinching the nerves. Sorry, I have so much to say. Which and causes pain, I would assume. Um, yeah, and stiffness, but here's something interesting that I learned from one of my awesome health team people is my chiropractor. 
And I learned from her, weirdly enough, the problems that I have in my low back in certain vertebrae are the same nerves areas that go through that connect to my large intestine. Wow. Which is well, like, when she said that, I was like, oh, like I just couldn't. Well, I was it. diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis, AS. Huh? It's a type oh of, my God. it's a type of arthritis that affects the spine and the hips. And there is a mm. very noticeable correlation between people with IBD and AS. Wow. Well, but people, because of where it's concentrated. Do you guys both have arth like cuz I suffer when I'm really sick, I have joint pain. Joint pain. Bad joint. You I guys have osteoarthritis too? You guys from taking Imuran. Taking like, Imuran. That, and that's one of the reasons I know. Oh, your hands are Mine's beautiful. Mine's prednisone. They're beautiful, they but are. they look a little bit knuckly like <laughs> You know, they look like strong hands. If, what are you talking about? If Gretel was in the the cage and she wanted to show her finger to the witch <laughs> to prove that she was not yet fattened See, up enough to be made into a dinner, I this would be the bone I'd put through. See, those hands look like <laughs> to me hands that fix the chicken bone. It's a Come chicken on, bone dude. finger. It's my little finger on my left side. Anyways, it's not about me and my finger today. <laughs> Uh, but just bear that horror story of an image in your mind, dear listener, of my chicken bone pinky. Oh, yes. those, those okay. exciting okay. little tidbits, eh? Getting like extra yeah. stuff, the arthritis, the, the ulcers in your mouth. But look at that connection mouth. though, like the, being a puppeteer, right. the nerve endings, where they are, what they mm -hmm. connect to. Mm -hmm. So I had, you know, like it's a very physical, the reason why uh, puppeteers on like Sesame Street and stuff that actually get paid really well <laughs> The reason that they get paid really well is because you're actually doing two, you have, there's two skills. It's you're an actor, but you're also f physically manipulating a puppet, right? And, you know, I've been in 20 years smashed into boxes the size of that coffee cup to, you know, and, and the it's thing is. It's taxing on your body. It, like, it is. And it's up to you. It's up to you to figure out how to position yourself best because a lot of the time, puppeteering is a very weird skill. And unless you're a producer or director that's worked with a puppeteer a lot, sometimes when you work on a set, it's not necessarily going to be designed for a puppeteer because. And it's not really their fault. They may have not consulted with a puppeteer or puppeteer people to know how it would be built. So, so anyway, my point is, it is a very strange uh, uh, skill on your body. Yeah. And I learned from you know these guys that are like twenty years older than me that I've been that I just adore. I've learned from them. Oh, you know what, dude? You got to take care of your body. Or you're going to be screwed. And I didn't do that at first. I didn't do that for lots of years. I didn't stretch beforehand. I didn't. I didn't go for chiropractor stuff. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get go for acupuncture. I didn't do anything really. I just I would like jump this, in. Yeah. And and now like when I'm flare when I was flaring, or really sick and having to puppeteer, it was just like, yeah, effed. Like I would just want to sleep for days after Isn't that. Isn't that just shoot. the story though of? Um, I mean, in some in some respects, isn't that just the story of? aging and getting perspective that absolutely geez, that should be like proactively well, I was just gonna say Western yeah. society we we're very much we're not gonna care for ourselves until there's something until wrong until there's something wrong yeah yeah and it's it, I still go and through then as learning soon as that we're, lesson as soon as we're well recovered and we stop we, it's, stop. we learn yeah. the hard way yeah. it's good to keep whatever therapy yeah. up if you can afford it, but there's lots of ones that you can do that don't cost anything, yeah. like meditation, stretching at home, yoga, whatever, that you should do while you're feeling well, that it's to hard maintain. to remember to maintain. Just still a lesson I'm, I'm learning, you know? And it's, I mean, you know, your body also, when you're hospitalized for a long time, 
Like I was in probably one of the best shapes of my life last year before I was admitted. And I was like playing squash and I was on a baseball team and I was just so happy and I was doing really, really well. And that like couple months stay, I gained like 20 pounds, uh, which was a good thing. Absolutely. After I was better. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't exercising. My heart wasn't as strong. Like, you know, when you're hospitalized, you get really weird. No, you can, yeah, and it's super hard for you mentally and physically to take that you just went from being so active and so positive and so open and now you're completely deflated and then your body is screaming on the inside and you're losing weight and you're putting weight on and you're losing muscle mass and just you hurt you just and hurt. emotionally, you're ripped out of you're your defeated. world. You're defeated. Your your life just goes. Oh my God, I'm not yeah. functioning in in life anymore. Now with all my friends and my work and my whatever. Now I have to be in like weird, you're very strange lonely. zone, isolated, strange world. You know, not like, this, not the like other this either. is your body attacking you. You can't blame it on someone else or something else. You are attacking. I you. do think I know why the last flare happened for me. I don't, of course, stress? we'll never know. Well, I feel like Lisa, I've, yeah, I've listened to, like, I've loved listening to you guys talk about, like, Lisa told this one story in a podcast a bunch of podcasts ago where it was like, remember when we talked about this when we were on the phone a bunch of weeks ago where you had connected something that happened in Christmas? Oh, yeah. That whole. Just having a toxic, that's what I was saying, toxic people. You yeah. had asked me, and I was like, there was a lot of issues going shopping, on. Going shopping, going shopping for Christmas yeah. presents. Right. We, we just talked about this today. That that experience of, like, knowing that you had a task ahead of you, you had only this totally. much time to accomplish. Yeah, it's amazing. Now, you have made some major discoveries about yourself yeah. in the last couple of years. Yep. And you were saying before we started recording that those have alleviated your stress. You uh, want to talk bunch about of, that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, sure. No problem. Um, well, just to quickly go back about with yeah. that flare. During that time, I had started speaking with uh, a sibling that I had not talked to in like oh. a billion years that was, you know, pretty, let's just say, not nice to me growing up. So mm. that was a lot of, you know, a lot of my stress that I've had to kind of deal with, like undo uh, a lot so of my, you were, it was surfacing. It was, and I found it interesting and I felt yeah. like I trusted myself in making that connection. I felt like it was one of the reasons I was also like playing crazy baseball and not drinking enough water. Yeah. I was like, not, Oh God, drink water, everybody drink. Wa- yes. uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, was, was releasing that stress though and having that conversation, was it helpful in the long run? Which when you actually started speaking to your sibling and you let that all of that surface? It ended up not even being great. Like, we're now, like, it just... just uh, we had a... Um, I had a grandparent who passed, so the family at that time together. kind of came together for my mom. And, you know, we're all just wanting to be awesome Which for my mom. Which grieving does very often. Yeah, brings. and it was, like, just interesting, you know. And this is why it's weird talking with people... Like when I put that post on social media, sorry, I know I'm jumping. I'm just so excited to see you guys. When I put that on, it was amazing. The responses I got were just like, I can't tell you guys how many people I had reach out to me going, hey, I have IBD. Can we talk? Yeah. And I was like, I was shocked by that. Like I didn't expect it at all. And what I, what the interesting part was when I reached back to all these people, some I know closely, some I don't. Some it was just like, oh, my partner is goes through this. Can I talk? It was like, I can also, like, I want to be, create, have, make, create a feeling of community. But at the same time, my journey in that was interesting in that my 
journey, my triggers are different than another mm-hmm. person's yeah. through food, through None my sister, through whatever it was. Yeah. And so I can only kind of go so, so far, far and ask questions and say stuff like, um, let's say with what is your diet to the other side of like, are you, do you go to therapy? Absolutely. Right? Like when I started going to therapy years ago, um, it was like the most awesome thing in the world. It just like alleviated so much stress. It's something like four two. I always felt awesome when I left. Like it was, it was amazing. And I just think talking, I find that this disease is so isolating and a lot of people keep it so private that you're just so inside with it all, which creates yeah. a lot of tension, which leads to illness. So just talking is like super dupes the bomb. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And which is why I love what you guys do. Um, it's just so important. Oh, it is really, it, it's, it's so really important. important to be able to talk about it. I, I mean, I've um, never met someone with IBD who has the same triggers as me in, in right? any aspect. I didn't, I didn't find anybody uh, in a peer sense who had what I had until I was getting to university mm. and Since people were diagnosed that year. How yeah. old? 11. 11 yeah. Nine Jesus when I started showing Christ. symptoms, 11 when I was diagnosed. Got to university when I was 18 and when I was 19, or when I was 19, when I was 20, there was somebody who was rushed out of my program and it was like, oh, he's got Crohn's disease. And I went, I've got Crohn's disease, you know, like. Did it run in your family? I found that there was some. Distant. Distant, but not really. So interesting. Yeah, it's just kind of like. So did you have to take some time away from work or did you? I never did. did. I always pushed through it. Cause like I'm that type, but I, I kept it so private. No one really knew what was going on when I would be shooting. Uh, luckily, well, I mean, and unluckily pro and con, you know, it's not great that we're sick, what, that we have a disease, but Mm -hmm. it was great that we kind of have each other. There's uh, another person that I've worked with, um, on this particular show that, also has Crohn's and so it's it would be neat the days when we work together it's like oh he's the only like I can just look at it's like you know it's like how you feeling man it's like all right like how you doing it's like okay I know there's a connection you can be a complete stranger but as soon as the stranger says they have IBD it's like hey totally you coming to Christmas dinner like what's going on the thing is as you know like even though I've worked all these corporations yeah only a, like only one place I was actually um, an employee. So a lot of these places, even though I had a ton of work from them, it, I was still freelance. And you know, I was just like, I gotta work. You know, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta keep this going. And I just like made it happen. Uh, so I would, I would just like somehow I just hit it. And I yeah. remember I can I'm watching scenes now from years ago, and I'm like, oh my god, I remember being so sick that day. And weirdly. I was so sick and and spaced out, um, almost like ecstasy. It was like such an existential thing, because you're not super attached to what's going on. It almost like made my performance like more s- out there or something. I can't. I, uh, Which could have worked for many shows. Yeah. No, it it was like I just kind of like didn't give a crap. I just like went for it. It was weird. It was really weird. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it does. Because it puts you somewhere else sometimes. It's like, like an outer body experience. Um, it's like being in two places at once. It's super. I feel like that when I'm in the hospital. And yeah, exactly. Or when you come out for a couple. Of yeah, weeks or too. I know I'm flaring and I'm about to go in. Like I'm there, and I don't know how I manage to get up in front of my class and keep teaching them the lessons that I'm doing. Like, and 
I can I can physically be teaching them completely a new math equation and but inside I'm having a completely other conversation totally. about holding your colon like yeah push past this pain like okay just do this this and this yeah. and while I'm while I'm actually teaching a lesson on the and board. telling yourself how to breathe yeah, yeah. Like but I've super... learned a lot more now like that I used to not do at all like now I know if I'm a little sick on a day where I have to go do something I need an hour more than everybody else to wake up in the morning and like yeah. get my body yeah. going and like take whatever even if it's something like Tylenol, like just to get my edge off before I get there. Like I need an hour to become in my body before I go, you know? So Becoming Ali Eisner. Becoming. The morning story. When you are at different places now for work, like do you, are you, like do you advocate for yourself? Do you ask for See, accommodations or things like this that may help make your life a little aging. easier? Aging, yeah. Like now aging. I'm not, uh, oh, <laughs> I love aging. So I used to kind of just push through and I still trying to, go for it now, like still when I'm just like, no, I can do this. But one of the other gifts that this um, disease has given me is creating boundaries for myself. And like, mm -hmm. I don't like, fine, I don't, I'll miss the money for that day. But like, I'd rather not take the chance of being sick now yeah. for three weeks. Like, I just say no. Um, when I need to, I ask for what I need and I don't feel bad about it because I ask in a very direct, kind yeah, way, you know? Yeah. And you let it known that you need this because you have this and this is why? Yeah. And have you, because we did a workplace, we talked about workplace and divulging mm -hmm. and not divulging. We it's did. One of our first episodes. And That's right. I was a big believer on always divulge. Mm. You can't expect empathy and understanding yeah. from somebody who has no idea. Well, you know? yeah, it, it's, you know, it's, and that's when to me, you know, I try to tell myself when I get upset about something, this and that, I'm just like, it's ultimately Ali. It's about education. They yeah, just need to be they need to know. informed. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's your job to let them know. And have you noticed you know? that people have been generally accommodating oh, to the things Oh, actually, always. I've never had a, a problem. Um, and people are like, oh, what? Oh. But that's only when it's gotten like, which has only happened a handful of times. Because you're there and you're working. You're not saying I'm not working. You're not saying I'm always. not doing this. You're it's, saying I'm, I'm going to do this. It's only happened twice where I was like yeah. once. I was like, bud, I can't come in. I'm actually in the hospital. <laughs> that was like uh, five years ago. And then uh, about two years ago, I actually, there was a job that I took that was much too stressful for me. And, you know, the boundaries were not great in terms of like my roles and stuff like that. And I had to be like, this is what I can do. This is what I can't. Well, like, you know, just professionally, I mean, you know, like what is good for what is good for me, you know, right. yeah. and then seeing if that can yeah. manifest itself. Well, that that was the key for me anyway. Yeah. And for a lot of people that I've talked to, there does seem to be a, a magical key that sort of unlocks another level in IBD where you're. Um, alleviating your own stress because you are recognizing your triggers, your emotional triggers, not food triggers, but like lifestyle triggers. Absolutely. You know, like you may be pursuing a career that really doesn't make you happy. Totally. You're going or to work job. every day. Yeah. Going yeah. to work every day and you're miserable, miserable on the drive in. That's where you're getting your flares. You got to go to the bathroom as soon as you get there. And if you really like pull back, take a look at it, you hate the job you're doing totally. and it just has become your life trigger, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. So it's, it is important to ask yourself those questions. Like how can I be taking care of me more than just mm -hmm. like on the surface of taking care of your health? Is there anything that I am not paying attention to in my subconscious that could make me, you know, like this is yes. my trigger. And yeah. you, you know, know, those kind of thoughts for me anyway, come a lot easier when I have the space to actually have yeah. that dialogue with myself. And when I'm in crisis, 
I don't necessarily think like that You're at all. You're not having like, a dialogue at all. Right, and so that's why I'm like, okay, Allie, remember that I can only think like that when I have the space. So even when you're not feeling like crap, keep up the things that make you yeah. feel better so you always have that space. Yeah. But you guys know how it is, right? Once you're feeling better, you're like, you're on a sure. rip tear, man. Yeah. You're like, oh, I gotta go to this. Yeah. Sure. Go to this. That's what I personally advocate. Yeah. And I've told, I've told. So uh, reckless. You're so reckless. I've told, yeah. <laughs> I've told Chantel about this too. I advocate for keeping a journal all the time. You're so Writing awesome. Writing all the time because you will be able to look back, even when you're flaring, you'll be able to look back to a time when you weren't flaring and see that that time is coming and again. And that's a nice yeah. reminder you know? to get up and do something positive for yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, We've, you and I, Ali was mentioning being in hospitals many times. I've been in the hospital many times. And I remember those hospital vids very vividly. Of course. But <laughs> sometimes that vivid memory does not keep me away from my reckless self, from making yeah. a stupid yeah. decision or. It's because it's so exciting when you finally absolutely. feel good. You want to use that energy and you want to connect and be part of things again. And you want to yeah. have your be purpose normal. Be, be, be normal. normal. To me, normal is just. In, Normalicious. Normalicious. <laughs> normal. <laughs> For me, is when I am not flaring with IBD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buddy. maybe so normal simple. for somebody is when they're not working. Remember maybe when, <laughs> yeah. for me, it's just when I am not flaring IBD. Yeah, buddy. I am a normal to me. Do you remember when we talked about I'm just far like from normal, Lisa, being excited about having a cold? Because it's just what a normal <laughs> yeah. person gets. Like I actually it's refer not to, Crohn's. I refer to either as normal or I say healthy. I'm just healthy people sick today. Healthy guys. people sick. Yeah. yeah like, Can like, I tell you weirdly? I would. This makes me kind of weird though. Pretty weird. I would rather because you know you can have a cold. One out of ten. You know, ten is just like the worst cold ever. But I would rather have a mild flare up. I swear to God. Then have a cold. I have a cold. hate, hate colds. having a. I'll take anything else. I will take insomnia. I will take. <laughs> I will take a mild flare. I will take chicken pox. I will take a Vulcan neck pinch. I don't care. I hate having a cold. I hate not being able to breathe. I don't know what it is. I just. I was gonna say it's all here. That's why people will have a hard time with colds because it's, it's concentrated yeah. in the chest of the yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just anyway. I'm not sorry, insufferable. Like, I've been well enough. I've been like well and not flaring long enough now to be irritated by colds. How dare I? <laughs> crossed over. You were out the to nerve. I know. Can I tell you new little discovery that yeah. I made? Yes. Okay, so um, so many little guys, so many little things that I've figured out tricks for myself. Um, Please share tricks, tricks and tricks trips. and tricks and tricks. That's not how that's not at all. No. Um, so you know, I made it out of that cup two or three months, like yeah. from that flare, and I've been doing great ever since. I have like little little things come up. I'm always, I'd say, about a one or two out of ten, and the yeah. one or two are things like alternating from loose to really hard, you know, yeah. trapped, which is pain. normal because you go from having like no stool to this stool is exactly. not coming out exactly yeah. at all but yeah. i have not bled since Ooh. which to me i'm like ho oh, oh. that's and other stuff happens but like when i'm bleeding i'm like oh. that's when i'm just like uh that's the crap storm is starting but um so recently i bought this thing for my bathroom that cost me $70. You can get way cheaper ones. I'm sure you guys know about this weird thing. Is it a stool? It is a little stool that goes tucks. 
Oh yeah. In my so thing. So you can so have unicorn poops. Dude, well that's how I found out about it is that hilarious hilarious the commercial. Unicorn thing. The the unicorn. So <laughs> whatever it's called it the parda the potties the squatties the squatty potty. Squatty potty. Right? It just came out like soft serve ice cream. But this I exactly. But I am like um kind of like a little fancy dude. So I was like I need it's enough plastic for my really nice bathroom. So I bought like a wood one. <laughs> but but I know I know it's nice it's like it's nice it, so, so, it, so so it lifts your feet up so that your knees are like at your chest. What it basically. is is that when you're when you squat, your there's a part inside of your intestine that actually like shifts and yeah. moves and opens. which and opens which makes everything slow. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. so this thing is fantastic. And even my partner who doesn't have any digestive issues, she uses it too. And uh, when I was waiting for it, I actually took a little garbage can that was in my bathroom and tried just that, just having it up. And it's so much better, y'all. You know, it's like we've all been to, uh, uh, no, not necessarily we've all been to, but have you ever been to a bathroom where you feel like the toilet is at an unreasonable height. It's well, just I'm like, really short. No, so what do you mean? Into, like that it's too short? No, no. that it's tall. Too tall. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I've been no. To, this I'm, is not right. No, I'm 5'11". Right. So more often than not, toilets are way mm -hmm. too, too short. Too small for you. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. to be honest, like I'm, I was sitting on a toilet. My knees are in my chest anyways for many. And I'm all leg. So yeah. my knees yeah. are in my chest. And it, so it kind of it works in my favor in a way but right. if you think about you know a lot of third world countries where toilets are not readily accessible or running water yep. isn't you know um i just remember watching um the movie uh, the millionaire movie uh, what, Brewster's Millions? No, the Mumbai. Uh, <laughs> Richie Rich. That's my record. Uh, the boy, 1981. The boy who's Brewster's Millions? Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. Slumdog Millionaire. Okay, Slumdog Millionaire. Good and good the film. scene. It's a remake of it's Brewster's amazing. Millions. Okay. And the scene when the, at, at the beginning of the movie when the actor's flying in. Yeah. And the little boy wants to go and meet the actor and his brother locks him into the, you know, the outhouse and he's squatting yeah, over a hole yeah. that's just dropping. Best way to poo. Yeah, it's the best. And the, the so thing, good for you. Yeah, and I and oh, and same thing in you know going to Tai Chi and is, do you do Tai Chi? I do Tai Chi Rad, with my partner. Yo. Yeah, so we do mm. Tai Chi, and you know we are uh, we we are the old we are the youngest by far. We are extremely That's tall. Cool. We're the only Caucasian. Um, it's all Asian, mm -hmm. um, older Asian people, and. I'm looking at them and how low they get, and I'm like, like yeah. my knees are gonna explode if I go like even a fraction of how low you're going. Have you tried qigong? Have no, you heard of qigong? we haven't. But oh, I just picture on. how they squat. Yes. And I'm like, you guys just must be having the best poos of your life, like yeah. since childhood. <laughs> yeah. That's what goes through your because head when you see tai chi. What goes through my head when I see tai chi? Over in my park every morning well, in mm. the arena because it's always mm. like early morning. Is and that's it's just way too people difficult. There. I'm like. There's that flash mob. It just did not take off again. <laughs> just didn't get it going. Oh, well. We have a mutual friend years ago that when I was first diagnosed also was like super awesome sauce and just giving me some tips. Yeah. And he weirdly, like thinking back, man, he knew about that squat. This right isn't a real thing. Do you know this what he thing. told me to do, yeah. this guy? He was like, when you go to the bathroom, he said, take your socks and shoes off. And he said, Get on the toilet seat. Oh yeah, and squat, squat on down. the toilet seat, yo. And I was That's, like, dude, really? This is real. Yeah. I, oh, I, I sold. I'm like, sold. I get it. Dude, yeah. Try it. Yeah. 
Because we're that, like we're like I, barking at Lisa, who's not even flaring. We're like, look, Scott, why do you go to the bathroom? I have we'll a friend. I have a friend. You will whose have house unicorn I go to poops, on a, Lisa. Like once or twice a week, and she's got the squatty potty there, and because her partner has ulcerative colitis. So I pulled it out and I was like, I'm gonna try this. Oh damn, yes, this is exactly my angle. Like I think about this is my think angle. about the, the babies and so diapers. I didn't even have to poop, but I did it at her house anyway. Well, it gets it going, and you know, like when it stuff just makes gets. It a lot did easier. you hear how Canadian I just sounded? Yeah, when it gets it going. Right, when it gets it going. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, man, when you're on the toilet there and you're so it, it just going, like it's because a lot of the pain that I go through when I'm like well, yeah, <laughs> I consider it well. <laughs> is like trapped gas, trapped, excuse me, stools, trapped, just trapped business, right? And so- A lot of that's because of the inflammation, right? Like you have inflamed spots that pocket. Sticks it in one spot. Oh God. And can't I just get wish out. I could talk to you for a thousand years. Like I'm like so curious. <laughs> can. There's no time limit on this I podcast. We'll just I'm go. Sorry. Like, and and I find that like I'm just like okay. Why did I get trapped gas? And I'm just like okay. Did I eat proteins and carbs together? Did I do this? Did I do that? Yeah. Did I you know? Um, did I drink alcohol? Like what is happening? I want to remember to ask you about diet because you oh, and I Lord. were having a phone conversation about what you're doing now. And we spoke to, uh, we recorded another episode earlier yep. with a guy named Mike, Mike yep. who is trying the paleo diet. Paleo, and which I is very similar to very what similar I was doing. It's very similar to what you're doing. Can you talk about the diet that you're I can, although I have been off of it for a month and a half. Well, and I have gained 15 pounds. Well, yes, this is the uh, problem with this diet. I do the same thing. I think I gained the weight for a few reasons. I also stopped exercising, which I found... It was awesome listening to Mike, uh, Mike yeah. because it's just like I feel better when I'm exercising because those endorphins are yeah. natural pain reliever. Man, do I feel better! But um, diet. Yeah. So I had been. My partner is probably the most awesome human being on the planet. Who journals? She's pretty great every day. Uh, who is so keeps track of things? Like she has been so amazing for me in terms of like organizing my mind better, uh, everything from my desk to my mind to keeping track of what I ate, you know, and I... Food journals. She's, yeah, so she's really into this dude named Tim Ferriss. Do you know Tim Ferriss? Yes, I do, very well. So she's down with Tim, and, you know, she's read this book called The 4-Hour Body and listened to his podcast. He's an interesting guy. And so he is uh, all about this uh, diet called um, Slow Carb. And what it is, and I mean, I think there's pros, and for me anyway, there's like cons to it as well. But it's again, everybody is different. Like Everybody's whatever, so right? So this diet is honestly, guys, like no carbs mm-hmm. except for very low carbs, like beans. Yeah. So every meal, I you, die. Well, check this out. Check this out. And this is why I'm like, oh, I don't necessarily think maybe I can make my own variation of this. But anyway, so every meal you have protein. So you have one meat. Mm-hmm. Or actually, God, this is another thing. God, I'm just so excited. I feel like throwing up. I'm so excited to see you. You could have things we, like we soy. We get that response or, a lot. Okay, we've, had, we've been covered in vomit a lot. <laughs> well, I yeah. still you look great. Thank you. Um, uh, you know, something like protein, vegetables. And then like a very low carb, like beans. Right. You so definitely eat a steamed s- vegetable. Toast. Steamed, they they yeah. recommend steamed. Um, and I've been like, I was well for a long time. So I was actually eating raw stuff. Still wasn't. 
So <laughs> we're doing great. no sugar, no no dairy, dairy no, no grains, bread, no grains, vegetables, beans, green which vegetables are your carbs, specifically, green, green vegetables, leafy greens. Yep. I did mostly steam. I did broccoli, you know. steamed broccoli one broccoli night. Broccoli kills me. Yeah. Oh, broccoli is broccoli my go-to comfort me. food. And I could eat pineapple to the end of the world and back. Now Isn't I can eat weird? broccoli and and How plates. are you with Brussels sprouts, yo? I don't like them. You just don't like the taste. I don't like them. I love them. I love them too. I like them. Um, I like um like coconut oil. Did oh, I teach you that? Coconut oil is good. Yeah, it helps. It coconut is, oil um, is the best thing in the good world. For okay, but check yeah. this out. Like, as people with a disease, you just like you'd be like, oh my god, this is the worst diet for us ever. So six yeah, days leafy, of the week, leafy anything. Leafy, oh, well, raw food, yeah. raw food to break down bad news. But you know, whatever. I was in remission for a long time, so I was like, it's it's okay. Um, so you could steam it. Mm -hmm. steam your grains and so you're you have carbs which are only beans so it's like super mm -hmm. low carbs or, or lentils or or whatever chickpeas, and you need yeah. those carbs for energy and they're also very filling yes and that's the they other take reason your appetite away and protein and then yeah. once a week and fiber you go friggin bat house yeah. and you eat whatever the f you eat a whole pie and you do whatever you want that one day a week and that is like so that's like not only supposed to, um, it like, I learned a lot through it actually. It spikes your insulin, right? Mm -hmm. Which uh, which is what actually makes you feel really wigwag a lot of the time. And also that is what makes you more hungry is when your insulin like goes all roller coastery. But that once a week thing is supposed to weirdly help your metabolism some way. Well, it's because well, they if still you don't kept, completely understand. If that. you come, if you kept eating that same way, you plateau. You plateau. Yeah, that happened. And to so me. a lot of people choose this diet because they're trying to lose weight. Yeah. It, yes. His I, his uh, phrase for it is body hacking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's it's not combining foods. To, it's avoiding combining foods that when they get together they become difficult to ingest or they produce a lot of fat. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like you don't eat meat with carbs because if you Correct. put meat and potatoes together or meat and whatever, any other carb Rice together, yeah, they they cause you to gain weight. But, but if you eat them separately, you can't. Okay. So that's hence the last day where you can do whatever you want. You're just like yeah. tricking your body into believing yeah, you're not on this diet. Your body. Yeah. You're not on this diet. Look at all the sugar that I'm taking. That, that's got to help with your cravings too. It, it did. And not only psychologically, like it made sugar taste really effing weird. It does taste really weird. And that's it also the made me feel so sick after I would pig out on that one day that I'm like, it's like the never again. I never want to yeah, get sugar again. You just want to get back, which makes to you the, the next comfort week. of the diet. Totally like, makes you want to go back strong. And everything calms down, and I like you think more clearly, and your body's more relaxed, and you're more alkaline. So, so this is the diet you're doing right now. Well, no, I'm off it now. Okay. I actually got sick with my Crohn's, my Crohn's flare. got flared because I was eating the crap food on the crap on the on the, on the free day, day. On the free day. Mm -hmm. and that was I think part of that trigger that happened last like one of the pieces right. of the pie you know? I've noticed too if my diet does change like I have my foods who I'm, I'm safe with and I, I do know that when I yeah. experiment which are what like top top two top three chicken chicken right on okay anything potato is good you're, cool, you're good with potato Mashed isn't that interesting potato, people I know potato, are like potatoes fry. horrible in, just, amazing. Just a, just a potato. Amazing, man. <laughs> like, but not just, not fried potato. I can fry. Whoa. A, well, I Lucky bake. Duck. I I put my fries in the in the 
oven. Yeah, so you I bake them. them so and not. do you baste them? You know, you can baste them with um, uh, egg egg white to make them crispy, eh? Oh, I don't do that. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, eggs are fine with me too. And bread. Eggs, eggs. And bread. Eggs are also yeah. really good because they're high in vitamin D, which yeah. weirdly people with our disease, they find and are people in Canada deficient are with, with in vitamin D. Yeah. Are, have you guys ever been... I have yes. to do vitamin D and calcium. Yeah. How many vitamin Ds do you guys take a day? I take I, five. Of a thousand? Of a thousand. I don't take that much. I don't okay. take any right now, actually. I'm supposed to be, but I just... Do you do vitamins every day? I do nothing vitamin-related every okay, day. Okay, okay. Even... You're getting those, it through food? Is that the mentality? You, no, I'm not. So okay. for those of you listening, I'm supposed to be and I'm not, which is just a stupid choice on my part. Okay. I have to get most of my vitamins through IV because I don't absorb oh, much. Oh, buddy. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. IV it comes. Yeah, yeah. Quick drug. You know? And sorry, yes. I don't take any okay. vitamin. Okay. The only supplement that I'm taking right now is magnesium, which interestingly stimulates my colon. <laughs> so right. while I'm not having it's any... It's good for calming. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm, it's also apparently... Yeah, it's really good for... Uh, I noticed that I was having... Like I'm clenching a lot right now for some reason. Oh, uh, in sleep or in... my neck. Oh, uh... All the time, but mm. I find it as I'm going to sleep, it's the worst. And so I was with a dear friend a couple of weeks ago, and she said, oh, you need magnesium. I've just talked to somebody else about this. You're low in magnesium, throw it in your diet and see if it works. And two weeks later, yeah, it's definitely working. Like, I'm still clenching yeah. my teeth, but I'm not having that, like, my neck isn't just like that when I'm trying to sleep. No, like, just yeah. literally cannot relax those muscles. Yeah, like, dude. Cannot get the stress out of my neck. But now mm. I get into bed and it's not there and it's so great. Do you take great. baths? Yeah. Yeah. Like a guess. I'm a suck. I I'm a bath always guy. always first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always put myself first. So yeah, baths, yoga, <laughs> retreats, all of that stuff. Yeah, I yeah. buy in. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, it's a good you know, way to be. You know yeah. what has been helping me lately is apple cider vinegar. You take a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar when you have a bad tummy ache. Do you mix or it with the water or you just take the apple cider vinegar? I just... What are they called, my like friend? A shot? There's like a name for it. When The mother, I don't know. Then mm -hmm. you just take a shot of apple cider. I had a really amazing um, holistic guy in town who's that the friend that we have in common uh, has gone to actually recommended. Oh, yeah. He's this guy. Uh, what's this guy's name? Dr. JJ. He's really awesome. And going to him was, it was a little bit expensive. But man, he told me some stuff that I had didn't know in terms of supplements and he made me feel good because he was like oh you're doing some of the right things for your disease so that was good That's but great. yeah the apple cider vinegar uh weirdly was is awesome apple cider mm. vinegar is supposed to be incredibly good for the, the mother the yeah. whole digestive tract yes. like it yeah so it's it, uh, acid, acid reflux too. right acid reflux did you guys ever suffer from that oh yes, man big. i still do did you ever do pantalock did they ever make you take pantalock like during it, flares, it, it it basically coats. It's um, it's like a, a white western med. Thing? It's a western med, and it and it's supposed to protect the lining of your stomach oh, from no, like being like killed yeah. when it's on seven thousand meds. I got prescribed it. I did not take it. I yeah, because I sometimes it. just I take prescriptions so. for fun. Well, hey, and don't film you know, that's you know, just you like know. hey, look, there's another one. Put it up on the corkboard. Oh, dude, yeah. they so you got yeah. They gave they didn't give me morphine the last time I was there. They gave me um, Dilaudid. Oh, woo! Oh, yeah, that was intense. The party drug. Yeah, people who don't was, like to sleep through parties. Was, <laughs> yeah. That was yeah, just in the hospital. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was that's a weird one. But because it actually makes you constipated, 
Oh, great. Oh, yeah. so, great, great. Yeah. Anyway, but, you know, anyway. A lot of pain meds do that, though, anyways. Like T3s and stuff. Yeah. They have T3s, a, worst. Yeah, they, 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 hate you, T3s. they bind you up hard. Yeah. A lot of pain meds will bind. And I'm like, guys, like. Well, that, yeah, like, that's like, what pain meds do, right? Yeah. They slow down your digestive tract. That's exactly. Also, T3s make me have dreams that I'm, like, seeing snakes and stuff. Oh, you're like my mom. My oh, mom no, you're seeing those snakes. Hate it. You're oh, seeing those snakes are real. T3s, are real, I, could yeah. take, I could take four T3s at a time and I'll be fine. But my mom, she takes one and it's like, there's things on the walls. <gasps> she's batting at things. Like, she's a little bit emotional when she's on T3s. Well, they're Listeners, screwy. Please, please yeah. don't take a whole bunch of T3s all at once. Yeah, don't. Did you guys ever, I learned this from my Western doctor, actually, um, who is the head of the gastro at North York General. He's a really nice guy. Oh, great hospital. I yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I, before this flare in the, in the summer, I had taken a bunch of Advil, which I was oh, yeah. told to never take well, Advil. You can only take Tylenol. You I have only IBD. usually take Tylenol mm -hmm. ever because it makes your stomach bleed. It makes it your does. stomach bleed. Yeah. It will thin your blood. Yeah. So it'll just cause more bleeding than yeah. you're supposed to. Only Tylenol. Only Tylenol. Are you going to play me something? Yep, listen. All right. <laughs> She'll be here all week, folks. Try the fish. Ah. <laughs> what chord is that? It's just open strum. That was there nice. So you're handing that to me. Well, I was going to hand it to you. Okay. Uh, just to see if you want to hold on to it, see how it uh, feels. I see. Is um, it in tune? It is. Are you guys going to sing a song with me? Sure. Oh, I will not sing. So we, we won't have any listeners. So okay. I just want to say, Ali, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. And thank you for being such an awesome listener you guys and are supporter. And a person who generates uh, topics that we pursue. An IBD warrior. Yes, IBD warrior. Thanks, Thanks for, for being doing all what those. you do. Thanks for trying to build a community for people with IBD. Because And for joining it's... us today. Thank you oh, for being thank here. You. Ali won uh, a, a national contest. And she uh, performed at Lilith Fair with for her uh, musical abilities for her yeah. twenty over twenty years ago. She has so, so many talents. But that's when I, you know, had long hair yeah. and with sixty Sarah pounds over. Did you get to meet her? I did. She's short and really cool. She's really pretty. Yeah, I was gonna say, is she smart. awesome? Yeah, she's she just so cool. seems like she's one of the an most awesome amazing person. things I find about your puppeteering is I'm always seeing like I would see you um, puppeteer Mama Yama, and these amazing musical guests would play, and I would think. Like you sang, right you underneath sang, them. But right underneath you is There's like Alex. the best musician I know, right there. And you're all you best know. thing about being down there is that when you're flaring up, I can just wear my pajamas to work. Oh yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> like no, I thought I you were gonna to... say you could just let them rip and nobody cares. That sometimes happens too. But I've yeah, being twenty years next to people's crotches, you know, all sorts of strange things happen. Absolutely, but uh. <laughs> Imagine. Wait a minute, that didn't sound... <laughs> no, it's, that it's was, just fine. You know what Some, I mean. It's a podcast. Let it be free. Let it just be imagination. I, well, I feel like we could go out singing something together. Okay, let's. So if we do something uh, positive, I don't know, from our childhoods, what, what do you got? Uh, and I'm only thinking the childhood, here's the connection there, is that what I really appreciate about your podcast is even though like someone like Chantal is like, you guys know so much. You, have, you know so much, except you're continuously still so curious about everything, which is such an amazing way to be, you know? And so and often and gets kids are like that too. After childhood. Okay, so I'll start you off, okay. and then you'll know where to sink. Oh, you ready? Okay. Are my sunshine, my only sunshine, you make me happy. 
when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away.